Bruised, masked up, but unbowed, the college basketball season has arrived. Today is opening day for hundreds of teams across the country. Welcome to A Trophy Life. I'm your host, Bob Rathman, wishing you a happy new year. It's day one of the 2020-2021 season. Seatbelts fastened. This is going to be a wild ride, but we can't say that we haven't been warned. Coming up on today's show, a chat with Arkansas head coach Eric Musselman and ESPN's Debbie Antonelli as we get you ready for the first college games in our country since March the 12th. Our podcast, as always, is presented by Warner, the official sponsor of the Warner Ladder Naismith Coach of the Year Awards and the official ladder of professional contractors everywhere. Warner, the number one pro ladder. Step up your game with Warner Ladder. Go to stepupwithwarner.com to learn more. Depending on what time you are listening to this, if it's Wednesday the 25th, there is a college game going on somewhere. The first men's tip was at 9 a.m. between Towson and St. Bonaventure. The last one comes tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern Time when Southern California plays host to California Baptist. On the women's side, 11 ranked teams were scheduled to open play today, but the virus has stopped Louisville and UConn. Our news and notes presented by Jersey Mike's is dominated by COVID-19. For example, Monday, Wichita State lands in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, ready for the crossover classic. Multiple positive tests in just a few hours meant the Shockers were out of the tournament and headed back home. Wichita State has been practicing since June and unable to play. Wichita became the sixth team forced to pull out of the crossover classic. Only West Virginia and Memphis remain from the original eight. Coaches have not been immune. Some of the biggest names... Izzo, Beheim, Ewing, and many others have been sidelined with the virus. Who's in, who's out, and is the game still on will be words that will be oft-repeated in 2021. My chat with Eric Musselman is next after this word from Jersey Mike's. Good things come to those who wait. At Jersey Mike's, they also come to those who don't. Download our app, order ahead, and skip the line. Cut to the Chase by Jersey Mike's. Be a sub above. Today in Fayetteville, Arkansas, the Razorbacks will open their season against Mississippi Valley State. Head coach Eric Musselman begins his second year at the helm. Muss has been a head coach in the CBA, the USBL, the D-League, and of course twice in the NBA at Golden State and Sacramento. He has coached over the years 24 players, that have gone on to play in the NBA. Eric's first head coaching job came at the age of 23 when he was hired by the Rapid City Thrillers of the Continental Basketball Association back in 1989. Is there a coach in America better suited to handle the pandemic? I think not. Here's my conversation with the head coach of the Razorbacks, Eric Musselman. Catching up with the head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks and Longtime fan, longtime friend, Eric Musselman joins us from Arkansas on the eve of the new season. Muss, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Danielle and the family, everybody good? Everybody's good. We're doing good right now. Keep our fingers crossed. It's a day-by-day situation. Boy, isn't that hour by hour, it seems. You know, Muss, if there's one coach in college basketball 
who can handle this better than just about anybody, it is you. You have seen it all, done it all. I mean, you're a GM in the CBA when you're, what, 23, 24 years old. Uh, You've seen basketball from every angle. And this must take you back to the old CBA days, right? There's no doubt. I think about the CBA, the USBL, and even coaching the Dominican Republic and uh, national team along with the Venezuelan national team. It's like, you know, you're not sure, you know, exactly who is going to play until the final COVID test. And, you know, I've tried to really study what football, you know, has gone on with football. And, um, you know, this past weekend, our football team had, you know, some defensive linemen down and um, players out. It happens every single, you know, game. And I think you're just going to have to be really, really flexible. Um, you know, nobody's going to feel sorry for who you have available. And I think it's important. We've talked to our team almost on a daily basis, Bob, the last five months about, you know, you might be the 13th man on on the on the roster and you could wake up on the day of the game in Lexington, Kentucky, and you might be starting. And that's kind of a reality of what our sports world is, whether you follow what happened with Major League Baseball throughout, you know, them playing through a pandemic. And, and really the only two that have, have done an incredible job with it, meaning having full rosters is, is the NBA because of their bubble and the NHL because of their bubble. You know, it's interesting, Must. None of us have ever been through anything like this, of course. And yet, College kids are still college kids, and college players look to the head coach uh, as their bastion of strength and stability, and, you know, you've got to lead them. So what tips have you given your players as to how to handle this other than, you know, be ready because you might start at Kentucky the next night? You just get better every day. You know, how do we get 1% better? Um, All these guys aspire uh, to play beyond college. And so I've talked a lot about that. I've talked a lot about, um, you know, hey, we don't, we don't know. Like, we can't control our opponent, how healthy they are. Uh, we, can, can, we can at least try to control how healthy we are. But the interesting fact, you know, we, we had a, um, a pause when, a, when some players got it and some staff members. One of the staff members was actually my son, Michael. And he is the most – he's always washing his hands. He's always doing the right thing. He would have been the last guy that I thought, you know, would, would, would get COVID. But, he, you know, just – you never know who you're around. Even if you're trying your best, you know, you, you can get hit with it. And so, uh, but we've talked to our guys, hey, let's have fun doing this thing. We know that the world's kind of turned upside down. Nobody's in – classes on our team meaning in-person classes they're all doing online classes that's a little bit different I think really Bob the most challenging thing for myself um, with the guys is they can't see you smile when you have a mask on and that's really really been a challenge Um, you can only read so much through body language in someone's eyes Um, and, and, and we've lost a lot of our communication um, we have a, a basically an entirely new roster, and we we lost all of our team bonding. I mean, I couldn't have the whole team over for the NBA draft. Um, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Um, we're going to do it, you know, in Bud Walton Arena so that we can spread out um, so you you don't have the personal feel of, of, of having the whole team over to eat, um, you know, on a holiday. So there's just been so many things that – and that affects your team chemistry and – 
and the trust factor between player and coaching staff when you lose that bonding experience. How much are you and really your coaching colleagues going to handle this 14-day positive test um, shutdown, if you will, uh, that the NCAA has talked about and the SEC has talked about? How is that going to work? I'm not really sure. I think, you know, the, the, I mean, we, we went through Bob one pause where um, players that tested positive, um, you know, obviously were out for 10 days and then out until all symptoms were gone. And then, um, you know, for myself, I had close contact because I go to lunch every day with my son. So it's just unique when you don't have it and you're out 14 days and your group is back practicing for four days that have had it without you. Um, and so the, I think the most challenging thing uh, is when you've got to go into quarantine or isolation, that's really, really, really hard for a college age, um, you know, student athlete. It's hard for anybody, but it's really hard for them. And um, I think all you can do is educate, you know, everybody aspires to, to play at the professional level. And, and, and we're given, you know, little pregame voices and choices, we call them. Uh, messages before every practice where we're giving examples of, of what's going on in the NFL or what's going on with college football or SEC football and just constantly trying to educate. And, you know, the one thing I learned from Chuck Daly is, you know, you got to talk about what could come up on the horizon before it actually happens. Um, so we've, you know, we've talked about, hey, this is, this is what it's going to be like if you got to go into quarantine and you got to be mentally strong and, and we're here for you. And, phone calls are going to come in and food will be delivered and so on and so forth, um, you know, because I, I think it's unrealistic um, to just wait until something happens. I think you got to get out out before uh, your players are exposed to certain situations. Moss, you pretty much spent your whole career in the pros, some way, shape, or form, but you got back into the college game with Herb Sendek a few years back at Arizona State working at LSU, the great run you had, of course, at Nevada, led you to Arkansas. Are you just loving college basketball these days? I really am, Bob. I, you know, I feel so lucky. I mean, I got, you know, I was around so many great pro coaches as an NBA assistant, whether it was Lon Kruger, Doc Rivers, Mike Fratello, Chuck Daly. Um, I got an opportunity to coach two NBA teams. I did a lot of research, and there was very few people um, that, that, that have gotten opportunities on their third chance. Um, Terry Stotts is kind of one of the few that our careers in those first two stops as head coaches kind of paralleled. And Coach Stotts got that third opportunity and has really turned you know himself into an incredible NBA coach. But that, that just doesn't happen much. And I wanted to be a head coach. You know, I, I hit a point after my stint with the uh, Sacramento Kings that I did not want to go back and be an NBA assistant. Um, although I had several conversations with Flip Saunders, who was kind of the guy that I had looked up to and was an idol and played for my father in college. And um, my wife and, and two sons were really the, the three people that, um, you know, said, hey, let's go the college route, give it a try. Uh, two years at ASU as an assistant, did not get a head job. I thought I would get a head job really quickly at the collegiate level, sent my resume all over the place did not get that opportunity, um, and then fortunate to go to LSU. And I think the, the, the SEC and being around Coach Johnny Jones really helped. Um, got that opportunity at Nevada, and surprisingly, Bob, I got that opportunity. Uh, one of the biggest boosters 
was a Golden State Warriors season ticket holder and sat directly behind our bench when I was coaching the Warriors. Uh, and he kind of threw my name out to the AD. And, and uh, you know, without that NBA season ticket holder, I'd, I don't know where I would be. So I got really lucky. Uh, but, but I feel fortunate to be on a college campus. I have a lot of fun. Like, um, I got that NBA out of my system. It was awesome. It's still the greatest place probably uh, to coach and work because you're dealing with the greatest players in the world. But having said that, I love being on a college campus. I love going to college football games. I love the interaction with with 16 different head coaches. And um, and I love the feel of, of the student body. And it's just a, it's, it's, a, it's a great spot for me at this particular, you know, spot in my career. Your team opens Wednesday with Mississippi Valley State. Uh, ready to go? You got a brand new ball club, as you mentioned. <laughs> I hope so, Bob. I mean, um, we, you know, it's interesting because we've charted the amount of time uh, that we've spent on offense, the amount of time we've spent on defense, um, and then where we are on our half-court sets, our defensive schemes, whether it's, you know, having four different pick-and-roll coverages in. Uh, we are actually like two offensive sets ahead of where we were a year ago. Um, we're slightly behind in our baseline out-of-bounds play package, but, but we've timed it all up. We, we're like 25 minutes short um, on the offensive end. So really through all this, um, we found a way to make up you know, lost time, maybe less video sessions, uh, maybe sending more video to guys, and, and they kind of do it on their own than, than using the team setting so that we could get as much in as we could on the floor. But having said that, not having – you know, the two secret scrimmages or the two exhibition games um, is, 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 you know, I think it hurts. I thought the one thing coming from the pros to, to college, I love the six NBA exhibition games for guys to kind of get their feet under them to get the rhythm and routine down to play your bench players a little bit more during exhibition games. We're going to miss that. Um, but you know what? Everybody's under the same umbrella. We're under the same circumstances, so you just go roll with it. And I, I think our team will play really, really hard right out of the gate. Last year, um, you know, we, we started off really good, um, undefeated through a good portion of our non-conference schedule, and, and uh, we got to play hard. That's got to be our identity, and we have to share the basketball as well. Well, Musk, we wish you nothing but the best. Thanks for taking time. I sure hope we can catch up with you during the season, but we'll be watching every game, and good luck, my friend, and thanks for taking time out to do this. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Eric, and good luck today. Next, here's ESPN's women's basketball analyst and Naismith board member, Debbie Antonelli. And, Deb, what is the latest on the ladies as they get started? Looks like we have made it to the starting line. You know what, Bob? We we do. We have our fingers crossed. We're hoping that uh, we can make something out of this free season, if you will. I mean, salvage something on both sides, the men and the women. And uh, I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed that the medical protocols stay intact and players stay disciplined and accountable, and and we can have a season. It's a big weekend coming up with number one South Carolina starting its season of great promise. Well, you know, anytime South Carolina suits up and plays, that's must-see TV. They are the number one team. They have one of the uh, most talented front court players in Aaliyah Boston, and uh, she can dominate on both sides, uh, both protect the rim and also score, and she's added some pick and pop and some trail three to her game. So I'm anxious to see what the 6'5 can do with the ball in her hands a little bit more in different spots on the floor. 
And then, as you know, Bob, the Gulf Coast Showcase is my event. I'm the tournament director for that event. This is our eighth year hosting that event down there. And uh, we do have three ranked teams, Maryland, Arkansas, and Missouri State. And very excited about those six teams, along with uh, Wake Forest, Davidson, and Florida Gulf Coast competing uh, for three days and and each team getting three games. And, you know, we've tried to make sure that we've covered everything about what the CDC and the medical protocols and guidelines along with the NCAA and then some other things that we've put into place. And we're just going to keep our fingers crossed that everything works out. Deb, share with us what it has been like for you on your end with the showdown. I think uh, when I spoke to the Naismith Hall of Famer, Tara Vanderveer, she said everybody's middle name should be flexible. And I think that's exactly right. Uh, We have had an incredible change and a morph of everything that we're doing. We've had to even change the format. Typically, we have 18. We play winners and losers. Uh, We've had three different teams drop out, and we got two replacements, and then they dropped out. So we've got a solid six, and we just predetermined uh, the, their opponents instead of playing for winners and losers. And so we've had to constantly change and morph that. But the hotel has been great uh, about handling some of the things that we've put in place that we need for the teams to be able to stay. And it's a beautiful resort hotel. But we've had to change a lot of things. No Thanksgiving banquet. Uh, of course, we're complying with all the, the media uh, and just a few fans really um, – you know, minimizing what we do. We've had to change venues um, because the men are playing in the Gulf Coast Showcase at the same time. So it's it's been a juggle, but we've had figured it out, and everybody's been very patient and willing to, to try. Well, we've got our fingers crossed. Let's see if we can get through this. <laughs> Bob, I hope I'll cross paths with you somewhere. I usually do. Um, you're such a great advocate for hoops, and we're glad that the NBA lets you share us in the college game for all these years. And that was Debbie Antonelli. And that's it for this week. Celebrate the start of the new season. Enjoy our great game and our great players. They've gone through a lot to get to this point. From all of us here in Atlanta with the Naismith, our friends at Warner and Jersey Mike's, this is Bob Rathman wishing you and yours a very happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you all next week.